So you've mentioned avatar two or three times now. What is an avatar? What kind of things do we need to know about a specific avatar? You're creating an individual, an avatar, and you're going to totally understand them intimately so that when you do write copy, you're writing to their pain point and how they feel so that they're gravitating towards that going, this person understands me, this person knows me really well. I want to train with them. If you go back in time now to when you were 16, what would it be that you tell yourself? Absolutely manage money better. 100%. Probably the best book that every single person can buy is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. I have a boot camp. It's going really well. I've got so many clients and I really need to open that second venue, but there just isn't enough money there. What are the steps to kind of fix that issue to have money to, to be able to take on a second location? If you are not making enough money, you need to look at your pricing. Simple as, because I'll tell you now, most coaches do not charge enough for the services. Hey, and welcome to the FitPro Lead Gen Podcast. It's proudly sponsored by Lead Deck, the all-in-one tool that helps you manage and automate the leads into your fitness business. Today, we have another massive guest interview for you. But before we do dive into this week's guest interview, be sure to come join us inside the Facebook group where you can watch these guest interviews live and ask your questions. Simply click the link in the description below to join the group. Anyway, enough of me talking. Let's dive into this week's guest interview. Good afternoon, guys, and welcome to a brand new guest interview. This week, we have Gary O'Neill all the way from sunny Dublin. How's it going? Hey, actually, it's Dublin, and it's sunny today. So, yeah, how are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's uh, overcast and cold. So that's kind of Yeah, it's not too bad. Cool. So for anybody that doesn't know Gary, I've known Gary oh, two years Three years now. We've worked we together. We Is it really? Yeah. We've worked together on and off yeah. in a few number of things. Gary's obviously had a massive boot camp at one stage and now he's focused more on the golf. So this is going to be a uh, really interesting one if you run boot camps, if you're brand new, if you're struggling with staff, loads of other things in the middle. But before we get started, how did you get into the fitness industry? Uh, straight out of school, actually. Um, I've been a sports freak my whole life. I mean, I'm into all sports. I've done athletics, soccer, Gaelic, American football, um, what else? Uh, athletics. I play tennis, basketball, like you name it, I'll try it. So I've always been a sports uh, nut. And then, to be honest with you, where I actually came from was a, fr- a friend of mine who boxed with uh, was doing a sport and energy management course here in Dublin. And he tells me, look, go for it, you'd be great in it. And he tells me I only need five tasks in a past subject in my leaving cert. And when I heard that, I went, I'm doing that. No more leaving cert honours. And that was really it. And then I've been doing it ever since. So 26 years now uh, and counting. Nice. You can't be that much older yourself, can you? I'm 44 in a few weeks. So, uh, yeah. I can any younger stuff. We won't talk about that. Nice, nice. Okay, so... Um... Obviously, you got into the fitness industry. You'd been through all these kind of sports, and you'd kind of decided to go it alone. What, where did you, where kind of walk us up to where you are now? Then, so kind of where did you get into? What did you grow to, and all those other things? Okay, yeah. So basically, 1996 would have started out in college. Got my first gym job in October of that year, and I've been working in I worked in gyms for the best part of nine, ten years. Um, then decided, you know what, I want to do my own thing. Um, because let's be honest, back in the day, gyms didn't pay great. So I would have been doing 
some of my own stuff, gym work. I was bouncing for five years as well, actually. And then I, I decided that's it, so I went out on my own. Um, set up my first boot camp is that was around about 09, 10. I think we, the idea came around 09, first and opened 10, and grew that to 14 boot camps, uh, 350 members, 13 trainers, two assistants. And it was, I had a PT studio as well, so I was doing personal training, and that was purely focused on golf fitness, because um, that would be one of my passions big time as well. And then unfortunately, COVID came in, shut my boot camp business overnight, so pretty much lost that. Uh, it took me seven years to build that up to 14 locations. So, you know, when I was 43 last year and I'm thinking, you know, can I do another seven years of growth? And I'm thinking, I just couldn't. So went all in then with online coaching for golfers. So I've been doing PT and online coaching for golfers now for the best part of year, year and a half. Nice, nice. That's super impressive. So most of our audience are going to be offline fitness business owners, boot camps, studios, gyms, and all that type of stuff. So it'd be great today if we can really focus on the offline element of it. So why was it you went into boot camp and not kind of opened a studio or gym or anything initially? Um, well, I already had my PT studio at that stage, um, so I was already doing that. But back, look, around 2009-2010, boot camps were becoming all the range, or all the rage. Um, and, you know, let's be honest, more bang for your buck. You could have more people that you could coach, which meant meant more bums on seats, which meant obviously you're going to be paid more so you can make more money. Whereas with one-to-one at the time, um, obviously your one-to-one would be based off of many people you could train. So I just saw it as, a, like, there was nobody doing it in the area. Nobody was doing indoor boot camps. There was a couple of outdoor ones around the place. And I didn't want to do that because I saw markets for people who don't really like to train and certainly don't want to be outdoors in front of other people. So I set up my first one in the local area. And then, you know, within that year, I had three. I think it was three. And then, I, no, two, sorry. And then the following year, I had another couple. The following year, I had another couple. I just kept growing until I got to 14. Nice. Okay. So when obviously an outdoor boot camp, we can just go and rock up at any park or field and depending on any field to kind of make it easy for you to kind of just get anywhere. But if you're going to do an indoor boot camp, I'm guessing that gets a bit trickier with who has availability and who wants to let you go into it and all that type of thing. Exactly. There's a, there's a couple of ways you can do an indoor boot camp. One, the, the avenue that I went down was I would hire a local home um, three times a week either Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, something to that effect. And, um, or you could go down and set up your own facility. Uh, and I know some people that did that, where you'd have your own place and you'd just teach your sessions and your classes on those days uh, or any day. So I went down that route because I found it was it was less hassle. You weren't having to take out long-term leases. You weren't having a load of fees and a load of things you had to pay for. It was just literally, you'd hire out the, the hall over a monthly period, for three days a week, paying X amount of money. And if you needed to move on or there was issues there, you could. And that's what I found was the easiest option for me at the time. So that's the model I chose. Nice, nice. Okay, yeah. So I think the model and everything was all based around your target audience, the people that you wanted to work with, correct? 100%. Like, and that's the reason why I chose indoors because, let's be, and it was women only. Well, it was actually mixed at the start, but then I, I um, navigated towards women only simply because you can't match both sexes. It's impossible with your, 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 obviously your avatar, your writing, and what you're popular putting out. So, uh, gravitate towards women, and they don't like, a lot of them don't like training outdoors, and they're conscious about their body. So, if you're teaching an outdoor boot camp, you're cutting off a lot of people. 
instance, people mm-hmm. who train outdoors don't mind training indoors. So now you're actually getting more bang for your book because you can actually market to more people. Okay. And how important was it or how quickly did you notice that kind of trend? And like you say, the more bang for your buck, was it uh, something you noticed overnight or was it something that took ages to kind of really notice the difference? Um, pretty quick, to be honest with you. Um, look, with anything in life, every problem has a solution. So when you're writing copy or you're marketing to an individual, once you know your avatar intimately, you know what their problems are. You write copy to solve their problems that's going to bring them in. And that's basically what I did. Nice. Okay. So you've mentioned avatar two or three times now. What yeah. is what is an avatar? And what kind of things do we need to know about a specific avatar? Okay. Knowing your avatar, the people you want to coach is, in my opinion, one of the most important things that you can get right in your business. After location. Location is very important, but you need to know who you're writing to who the perfect individual that you are going to train is. You need to know their, their pains. You need to know who they are, their demographic, their age, their relationship status. Have they got children? Do they not have children? And, um, you know, what they struggle with, when they struggle, all of these things. So it's basically what you're doing is you're creating an individual, an avatar, and you're going to totally and utterly understand them Intimately, so that when you do write copy, you get ads done up, or you're doing emails, or whatever it is that you're writing to their pain point and how they feel, so that they're gravitating towards that. Going, this person understands me. This person knows me really well, and they get what I struggle with. I want to train with them. Nice, nice. It's kind of like what you're there thinking. You're just saying, and it's like this guy gets me. He understands exactly what I'm what I'm thinking, what I'm talking about in my head, and everything. Exactly. You're getting inside their brain and what they're thinking on a daily basis. Oh, I hate this or I don't like this and I feel this. They're going, Jesus Christ, this person knows me so well. I've got to train them. They're going to be able to get me results. Okay. So we, we got venue one. And like you say, by the end of year one, we had three venues. What are the biggest things that you learned in that one year to go from one to three venues quite quick? Um, having a good support team, having good coaches. Very important. I was very lucky in all the 70 or 70 years, about 11 years or whatever it is, I ran the whole business. I rarely had bad coaches. And you need coaches who are good because they have to be an extension of you. Like people buy into you, but you can't be everywhere all the time. So therefore, you need to get coaches who can basically coach, teach, and be very good at what they do. So they're an extension of you. So people will gravitate towards them as well and get results. Systems. Systems were very important. I had systems for everything. Literally, I want to do this, I have a system. I want to do that, I have a system. So having systems is really, really important. And finding a good assistant. As you're growing, you need somebody to share the load with. Because you can't do it on your own. And there will come a certain point where you're going to need somebody to do certain admin uh, duties, like you know, onboarding clients, and setting up on your different... Um, internet or your software or whatever it is that you use and sending out packs and things like that so you need to have them because you can't do it all you can't do the marketing the sales the coaching the admin the managing the whole shebang so like i've in the whole time i ran that business i had two assistants unfortunately one one passed away and from an illness and then i got my i had my second but she basically became my manager you 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 would have spoken to her yourself and you know if you have a good assistant slash manager it massively helps you to grow your business and to achieve what you want to achieve. 
Okay, here's an interesting question, Phelan. You need the coaches to be an extension of yourself to be able to provide the same quality to uh, clients. But you're also saying we also need an assistant there to do all the back-end stuff, the important stuff, the stuff that takes up a lot of your time. So the question is, which one comes first? Well, you need the coaches. Uh, initially, as you're, when you're small, you need the coaches because if you want to grow, you, you, you need coaches. Because in the model that I chose, I could have, <coughs> excuse me, I could have sessions on on the same days in different locations. Now I can't be in the same place twice, so therefore you need a good coach. So once you start growing your business in the model that I would have done, and you're picking out locations, you can't be in Monday in say Malahide, Portmarnock, and Clontarf. You have to be in one of them, and then you need coaches then to coach in those facilities. So once you get past two locations, because I went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, then you have to get coaches in, because then you needed more people to teach your sessions. After that, when you're getting to three locations, or even two, to be honest with you, you need to get an assistant, because now you're going to have 60, 70 clients that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Okay. So these coaches need to be an extension of yourself with the same enthusiasm, with the same work ethic, with the same kind of... uh, reasons for you setting this up how do we ensure that these coaches that we bring in have this stuff how do we install it into them how do we coach it into them what's what are the kind of steps for that see because i was in the industry a long time before i set up my boot camp i was a trainer trainer in one of the last gyms i worked in okay so i was involved in coaching and training making sure that when somebody went on the floor to teach classes they had a certain level that yeah. they were able to get to before they went out teaching. One of the problems I see in the industry right now is when people take people on, they don't coach them up. They don't train them up. It's, oh, you're a coach, off you go. Like, at the end of the day, you need to put the time into the people that are working for you because you are, at the end of the day, book stops at you. And if you're not putting time and effort in to make sure your trainers are up to a very high standard, well, then you're letting your, your clients down. End of story. That's it. You're letting the clients down. They want the best service possible. They want the best workouts. They want the best service. They want to lose weight. Let's be honest, most people do weight loss. That's what they want. And if they're not getting that, you're letting them down. And the book stops with you because you own the business. Nobody else, you. So you are the person who's responsible for everything that happens in your business. Nice. Okay. So um, I have a boot camp. It's going really well. I've got so many clients and I really need to open that second venue, but there just isn't enough money there. There's no money there to to pay somebody else to do these sessions. What what are the steps to kind of fix that issue, to have money to, to be able to take on a second location? Okay, well then, if you are not making enough money, you need to look at your pricing. Simple as, because I'll tell you now, most coaches do not charge enough for the services. I see that, I've been seeing that for Jesus, decades, to be honest with you. And you also need to look at what is the model that you're following. Like for me, when I was setting up a location, uh, I would contact a local community center or sports hall or whatever it was. We'd agree in a price and then I'd take somebody on. But prior to that, I'd be already advertising the new location or like a new location um, in that area. And once I got to obviously then on the happy days. And then it's, you need marketing, 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 marketing. You need to be getting the people in the door pre-opening so you are already taking in new clients with money who are going to pay for said coaching clients or for said coaches. So money and model, they're the most important things. Absolutely. Nice. Okay, so we've got this second venue. Uh, with, we need to start advertising, like you say. Before you get the coach in, we need to start advertising to get people to this new venue. What are kind of like the best advertising strategies you've done? 
Uh, hiring you, <laughs> even though we've done that later on. Um, learning how to, if you're not in a position to hire a, um, a company to manage your ads, you need a, a simple. If you know your avatar and you know your pain points, you need to write, you need to be good at writing copy. It's as simple as that. You have to be good at writing copy because if you're not, you're not going to be able to talk to your perfect avatar. So if you're good at writing copy, you can write out good copy in, a, in an ad. Put in some before and after photos. I don't think you can do that anymore, actually. But put in some kind of video, maybe with before and after photos or some video scripting or whatever it is, and advertise your business. But you have to be good at writing copy because you need to know your avatar. And once you know your avatar, it makes writing copy simple, in my opinion. And I'm not the best at English. I can tell you that now. Actually, I'm shit at it anyway. Okay, so here's another question I'm guessing a lot of boot camp owners are going to be probably asking themselves is, if you're opening a second venue or you're taking on an additional staff member, do you provide that staff member with the workouts or do you let them use their knowledge to create the workouts for the clients? Okay, so what I, one thing I always said when I was running my business is that to an extent, I was like Burger King, McDonald's. I know bad businesses um, um, we'll be talking about in terms of obviously quality food or whatever, but Every time you went into each one of these, you got the same service with the same product with the same thing. That's what I did. So I would have a outline of the way I liked my programs to be taught. Sometimes I would actually give the workouts, but for the most part, to be an outline. This is how we like to do things. This is the format that we do. Because let's be honest, in fitness, there's only a finite amount of exercise you can do in group classes. Simple. So when people say they've reinvented the down this new program, this new exercise, let's be honest, they're telling both twice. So I did have like a overview. And then once they stuck to that structure, happy days. Okay, that's interesting. So um, you've got sixty clients. You open a second venue. You've got another hundred. You've got another sixty. So you've got one hundred and twenty clients. How are we ensuring that these clients are staying with us for the long term? Because after all, they might only see you for two days, and they might see other coaches. How are we making sure they stay with us for twelve, sixteen months at a time? Providing world class services. Simple. You got to find. You have to have a workout product providing workout services and getting results. At the end of the day, people are coming to you for results. They might not might transform their body completely, but as long as they're seeing some results and they're enjoying their workouts and they can come to you with their problems, that's important. If people find you standoffish, don't have a good personality, don't feel they can approach you, you've got problems. So you know, at the end of the day, if you provide a great service, a great product that gets results happy days that's all you need in my opinion because every problem has a solution and for most people they're coming with their problem is weight loss they, they don't like what you see you are the solution because you're going to help them do that nice okay so i've got three questions i've written down right at the start before we dived into anything that would love you to give us your best answers to so the first question is going to be if you could tell yourself something when you were 16, if you could go back in time now to when you were 16, what would it be that you tell yourself? Absolutely manage money better, 100%. And I'll tell you, probably the best book that every single person can buy on this, uh, watching this live is Profit First by Mike Mikhailovich. Okay, the best book you could ever buy. It teaches you how to manage your money in your business so that you pay yourself first. And you break everything down in percentages so everything gets covered. That's one thing. I'm terrible at managing even to this day. I'm still not great, but I'm much better. But definitely manage money better without a shadow of a doubt. 
Nice, nice. Okay, question number two. What are your top three lead gen strategies? Facebook ads, referrals, website, or landing page, something like that. Nice. Okay. And, Question. That, and, and to be honest with you, in that order too. <laughs> Facebook ads, referrals, and websites. That's what you said, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Question three. What are the three key tips to running a successful boot camp? Know your avatar intimately. Big time is number one. Have great systems in place, number two. And have a great support network, a great team around you that can provide the services to your clients. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so let's move on. So uh, unfortunately, the pandemic came and just in the nicest way ended the boot camp. So we now transition. Organized. Killed it, yeah, basically. So we transitioned to running from your personal training studio to online yeah. programs. Now, a lot of people these days are really wanting to dip their toes into running online programs. They might have a studio where they're doing one-to-one -one stuff, but they're running online as well. What were maybe some of the, 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 the biggest lessons that you learned to transition to running online programs? Um, one of the things is believe in your product even if you're not seeing people. Like, sometimes, because you're seeing people all the time, whether it be in boot camp, semi-private, or one-to-one, -one, you're, you're seeing them, there's a lot of interaction. But with online, it's obviously virtual. So everything is done virtually. But if you believe in your product, you have a great product, and you're providing, again, an almost down to world-class services and coaching, that's all that matters. Because people will get results once they do the work. But the biggest one we struggle with is when people are running paid advertising or they're doing DMs or they're cold outreach, whatever it is, the, the distance between the, the provider and the person that's asking for more information, they usually struggle with that distance of uh, confidence, of knowledge, of believing that they can get the results. What is the best way coaches can learn to be able to convince the prospect that you can get results and to hand the money over? Social proof is huge. Social proof, like testimonials from your clients, video testimonials, before and after photos. See, I do back problems with golfers, so I wouldn't have so many before and after photos. But uh, social proof, testimonials, things like that. Um, when you're reaching out, don't cold DM somebody. That's one thing I see a lot of people. I get cold DMs all the time. Warm DMs. So when you reach out to somebody, ask them how the day's going, wait for them to respond. Then they respond, say, oh, that's brilliant. Uh, how's everything going? I'm just off to the gym or I'm just back to the gym. Just open up a warm conversation. And here's the kicker then, or here's the key point. Then once you get a warm conversation going, you can just turn around and say, would you mind if I ask you a couple of questions in relation to your fitness journey? You've warmed up the person. Now you're going into actually specifically talk to them. So they're not cold. I see so many people, everything is cold, cold, cold. How are you doing? How can I help you? Well, hold on, don't even know who you are. But if you go in there and you warm them up, and this might take a day or two or three or four or even longer, that's fine. Be patient because the warmer they are, the more they know you. Because they will start checking you out as soon as you start talking. They're going to check out your profile, your business, everything. Then it makes it much easier then to approach the conversation and get them to transition into, okay, here, let's even get you on a discovery call to uh, get you found some program. Nice. So let's move into that question next then. We're warming these people up, having a general chit-chat before we're going to go in for the, the big questions. And you're saying they're going to go and check out your profiles and your website and stuff. Mm. 
what are some of the things that we need to have on our profiles and websites to to get that prospect excited about what potentially is going to come their way? Yeah, so, okay, so Marketing 101 now is completely different than three years ago, let alone 10 years ago when I first started in the camps. But, um, so, pimp out your profile. Have a good yeah. profile pic with a basically what you do, who you help in your uh, bio. Before, if, let's be honest, most people watching here are going to be uh, people who do weight loss. So, have before and after photos in your profile, in your photos. There's a photo section on your profile. Have them in there. Um, your copy should be predominantly about your business, not about your everything else, because most people put too much content about their, you know, they're out with their mates or they're doing this. Doing, let's be honest, your, your clients don't care about that. They want to know, what can you do to help me? What can you do, Gary O'Neill, to help me? Like copy, have posts about, you know, um, value posts. You can have connection posts. You can have proof posts. You can have reels uh, talking about nutrition or fitness or weight loss. Before and after, things like that. So basically, have your profile looking like your business. So it's an extension of your website. So when people go, oh, this person's reaching out. Who's this person next to me? And have a look. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I see all the before and after. This person knows it. Oh, look at their, their copy here. The content. Oh, this person really knows me. Oh, let's have a, a more detailed conversation. Nice. Yeah. It's, it, cold DMing is one of those interesting strategies that I, I think it gets a bad rep. But if you do it correctly, like some of the things you've been talking about, it can work really well moving forwards. It's, well, the thing is, it's no longer cold DMing. You know what I mean? It's not cold DMing. It's warm DMing because what you're doing is you're reaching out to them. You're saying, hey, like, for example, let's say you, I, I befriended you today. Wait, you added me today. I go, hey, David, uh, thanks for the follow on. Uh, thanks for the follow. Really appreciate you. How's your day going? Oh, Gary, it's going great. Oh, brilliant. How's your day going? Oh, my day's going great. I'm just in from the gym, you know, just getting a workout in because I'm getting ready for golf season. And then the conversation might turn over into golf. And then at some stage, I'll go, would you mind me asking you a few questions? Um, about your goal yeah no problem go ahead and then you start the conversation going so you've warmed them up so it's not a cold call a conversation at all and then you're going into the questions and you're basically peeling that onion to find out where their struggles are what they need help with and then at the end of that you go would you like help with that and they go oh yeah I wouldn't mind let's jump on a discovery call where I can you know delve a little deeper find out where your struggles are and see if I can help you how does that sound sound good yeah brilliant let's go that's basically what we do and I do Nice, nice, nice. Okay, so to, to, to kind of finish, or maybe even to recap, what are the kind of things that maybe we haven't talked about or things, questions I haven't asked that I should have asked to really help people build their fitness business? Okay, uh, you have to have a passion for the industry or you will not succeed. I, I, I've seen I've seen hundreds and thousands of trainers come over the years. Like I, I remember working in gym for seven years and I probably saw 100, 100 to 200 trainers come through it. A lot of them are passionate. You have to be absolutely passionate about what you do. Because if you're not, you won't stay in it. Because when the times get bad, and times do get bad, you won't stay. You'll be like, ah, I can't do this anymore. Let's do something else. I love what I do. Absolutely love it. I love helping golfers. I love training people. That's what I'm doing for 26 years. So you need to have a passion. If you don't, don't even bother. You're better off changing careers straight away, to be honest with you. And you need to be disciplined. Most people aren't disciplined again to follow through. Time will be good. Happy days. But when times aren't so good, it's very easy to go, ah, this doesn't work. Ah, no problem doing this. Ah, sure, what's the point? And then they don't keep going. Does that make sense? Makes total sense. Nice, nice, nice. Gary, appreciate you coming on today. Uh, massive insight for everybody, especially boot camp owners. They probably hopefully got a lot from that to either start a boot camp or to really kind of explode the boot camp. And then obviously towards the end there, we focused a little bit on running an online fitness business. No, but 
yeah, we've covered lots of different points. Hopefully a lot of people got a lot of stuff from today's episode. So thanks for coming on. No problem. I appreciate you taking me on and having a good chat. No worries. Hopefully we'll catch up further on down the line and we can see how you've got on further with the golf online and studio business itself. Perfect. Dave, as always, it's been a great pleasure chatting to you. All right. Speak to you soon. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us this week on another guest interview. Each and every Monday, we try and bring you a brand new guest interview to help you grow and scale your fitness business. As usual, if you haven't already subscribed to the channel, don't forget to subscribe below. And if you want to watch these interviews live and ask questions, then come and join us inside the free Facebook group. I'll speak to you all next week. Cheers.